Cutter Calloway. I'm Tamisha Tyler. I'm Marsha Lee. And I'm Joyce Del Rosario. Thanks for joining our Progressive TV Dinner, an audio series where we gather around a meal to talk TV, theology, gender, race, and of course, food. This season, we're discussing the Canadian sitcom that is new to Netflix in the U.S., Kim's Convenience. Today's meal is brought to you by the Brim Center and the Asian American Center at Fuller Theological Seminary. Over here at our final, We're here. Our final destination. Final. You guys have come to my actual house. Yes. Yeah. Which is great. Welcome. Plus, yeah. Chloe here is with us. Chloe, the honorary <laughs> guest of our dinner. Who's um, asleep. asleep, and yeah. she is a dog. <laughs> um, okay, so what I've prepared, in part so that we, we've we eaten a lot. <laughs> yeah. uh, so yeah. I went back and forth. I think my mom would either be proud or, like, offended at, how, <laughs> at the, the small amount I've actually prepared. But I think this will be enough for us to eat. Yeah. So... I told you guys before about barbecue and the history of barbecue, mm-hmm. and I was raised in Texas, but my mom made barbecue that was not Texas barbecue. It was this like sweet sauce-based barbecue that she made from scratch. Is Texas and, like dry rub? Yeah, I think it's more dry rub and uh, like smoking and okay. stuff. And, oh, right, right. And Smoky. so we would do like chicken and pork mm-hmm. uh, with sauce, like sauce was yeah. what made it barbecue. Yeah. And then my dad would, you know, go and grill it on a, uh, he had, he actually inherited from my granddad a, a pit, like this big Ooh, fun. pit and, uh, you know, on over charcoals and stuff. And I always joked as everyone does that, I mean, it takes forever to get charcoal ready and it's ready right when you're done eating. <laughs> like it just takes a So I've never, I haven't inherited that part, but it would make some delicious stuff. And part of what the barbecue sauce does is at least my mom's, she made it when I was a kid, I found out later, mm-hmm. to get me to eat stuff. Yeah. So it's, I won't divulge the family secrets, uh, um, but okay. it's sweet. <laughs> uh, sweet and sugary. And because of that, it makes like, like almost candies. Things. Yeah, caramelized. So yeah. I always love that part. So you could, you almost can't, you can't burn it. You can overcook it. So I'm always uh, very concerned about overcooking. I like my chicken, you know, like a nice cool pink in the center. I'm joking. I'm joking. I like, I'm like, joking. Mm. Uh, but uh, I like to get it like just cooked and then stop immediately. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully, I'm 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 very picky about my my cooking. So I did go the chicken breast since we had probably more appropriate would be drumsticks or mm. wings. Yeah. But you have to buy a bunch of those and they take mm-hmm. they're harder to cook mm-hmm. uh, yeah. well. Mm-hmm. So I didn't want to execute something poorly for you because I got very self conscious. So, then I told you I wanted to do corn on the cob, which would be better, and I usually cook that in the husk on the grill, Mm -hmm. Um, but the grocery stores didn't have any corn on the cob. We're out of season. Yeah, we're out of season, unfortunately. Uh, We have lots of lemons and oranges, though. Yeah, yeah, so So we can can do maybe lemon zest. Um, And then, for the Callaways, (laughs) anyway, I would think this is most anybody, but we literally had arguments over rolls. So, we, we had very little money growing up, but we had bread. Um, and so <laughs> there were seven of us in our family and like we would keep track of roll consumption. Well, so wow. So like, you had two rolls, didn't you? Like you're not allowed to have <laughs> anyway. And so it was always sort of a fight for having a roll. So I thought that was most appropriate, but, oh, and then, uh, barbecue beans. So uh, some sort of baked beans. I think we talked about black eyed peas at one point, but we did uh, yesterday, but that I'm realizing really was a, like a holiday thing. And now mm-hmm. I know why. I mm-hmm. didn't even know why. Oh, and so here's some uh, barbecue sauce that you Great. can smother on top. 
if you don't like it, I won't be offended. I mean, I will a little bit. <laughs> uh, but uh, dig in. And the corn, you probably need some salt or pepper. Okay, or thanks. I do remember eating this as a kid, canned corn, though, a lot. Oh, yeah. Like, I would just pop open a can of corn and just eat it, like, when I was... No, what I still yeah, do. Yeah, I would do it all the time. corn and rice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that combo. In true sort of cowboy fashion. So, I don't know, you know, again, the heritage of what I've received food-wise is... I, I don't really know. It's generically Texan, mm -hmm. if that even means anything. But we did... So, like, we lived for a while on this place called Hidden Falls Ranch, mm. which was actually like a summer Christian summer camp mm -hmm. that my dad was the director of. And, um, but it was on the edge of the Palo Canyon. Um, so we had horses and all the, the lot for the campers. And then we took care of it in the off season too. Mm -hmm. Well, they would do these things where you'd go take all the campers out on like a, you know, I don't know what they would call it, but you'd go on a meal out in the wilderness on your horses and, you know, pitch tents and stuff. And so you'd, you'd have to cook everything over like a campfire grill. So the corn, even though it's canned corn, I cooked on the grill, in the can. Oh, interesting. Um, beans, same way, like you bring the canned beans, but you just cook it, sometimes you just throw it into the fire, just actually set it in, and then coffee, which we have some coffee for later, if you'd like. Coffee, same way, so we'd make cowboy coffee. Oh, which, I like that. Which was made by putting the grinds in a sock, uh, oh. Like an old sock. Wow. And just dropping in. So then you put the big, you know, like a tea kettle in the fire pit. Uh huh. Um, and then just drop the grinds in there. And so, you know, it was uh, not the best, most filtered coffee, right? It, it had uh, it had a bit of. Oh. And then I should really do this. This is, this is like homesteading almost. Um, <laughs> you can go either route if you want. Mm -hmm. But. My kids and I made butter yesterday. You oh, made butter? Yeah. Nice. So here's, I was trying to put it in like a fun little mold. Here's a little mold, but it, <laughs> it, it's a little flaky, but it was, oh, it was really an exciting. And then fun. here's some like more traditional. Oh, it makes me think of Little House here. in the Big Woods. I used to yeah. love those books. Well, it, it came from there. Uh, they have like a science experiment book and it's just make, you know, churn your own butter. And so we, uh, if you want some butter on your, your toast, you can have regular or homemade like like the settlers. I like the idea of coffee, cowboy coffee. Cowboy coffee? Yeah. Cowboy yeah. Coffee. It, was, it was fun. And it's, I think it's probably what indoctrinated me to coffee because it is not for the faint of heart. It's it's for real. And of course you don't like bring like cream and sugar out there with uh -uh. you. It's just straight. I mean, it's it almost like it syrup. It's like a black syrupy thing. So we're, wow. so some of this is, I'm replicating it. It's not quite the exact same thing, but mm -hmm. it's close. I gotta try the homemade butter. Oh, homemade butter, yes. Yeah. Um, it turned Thanks. out pretty oh, good. I wanna try and what's weird yeah. is, it's like it's with heavy whipping cream that you then just shake really hard. Oh, I but, see. You're just mimicking it, a... Yeah, it yeah. turns yellowish. And I was like, huh. what is it? Is it the salt that you put in that? I didn't... That was kind of odd to me, that it on its own turns a yellowish mm -hmm. color. Anybody know why? I don't. Hmm. I feel like I read it maybe before. You just put whipping cream and what? Um, ice and salt? Yeah, so not even ice. It's just whipping cream, salt, and... Something else. So then and you make buttermilk then too, ish, right? Because the rest is buttermilk. No, isn't that? I don't know. It works. That's a good question. Know. I mean, it pretty much. I thought it had to like ferment a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it pretty all much the cultures all went up and made. I mean, there's a little bit of liquid still that you had to drain out of it, but otherwise it was almost all butter. Interesting. So. I'm all still right. trying to deal with your comment. I like oh, it a little yes. pink in the middle. Oh no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a joke. I was like, um. I joke with people. No. I don't know what to do with it. 
Yeah, check. It should be. It should no, be fine. It should be good. Okay, good. That is hilarious. But I just overcooked chicken. I'm just I just do not like overcooked chicken. It's yeah, just, I get it. It's uh, tough. Yeah. No good. And then chicken a, should not be overcooked. Exactly. It makes sense. So, I am the only Texan, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm also the only male. Mm-hmm. You are. So I thought it'd be interesting to talk about. <laughs> Toxic, how toxic males are. White person. Yeah, I was like, let's, let's well, leave that. Let's not name that. That's true, that's true. I'm also the only white person. Mm-hmm. But, as I think I've told you all previously, I'm a little bit more ashamed. Is, well, no, ashamed is the right word. Like, I'm not ashamed of my whiteness, but I obviously have uh, troubles with what whiteness is, right? Mm-hmm. And that I'm a part of that. But when it comes to men and masculinity, mm-hmm. I would say I'm ashamed <laughs> in a lot of ways. Interesting. Difference. In, in part because I'm like, it's it's mind-blowing, you know, the recent stories and things that have come out about not just... So, like, I can envision a, a human man doing something awful, right? Like, that makes sense. Like, okay, people... So there are people that do all the things. But then when you start learning more about these stories about how entire, like cultures of an organization or institution or whatever, not just allowed this individual man to behave in a certain way, but mm-hmm. encouraged it, mm-hmm. supported it, mm-hmm. uh, lied to make it continue, right. you know, mm-hmm. shut down other people that were raising. I mean, like, that's amazing that it's not, it is both that individual who's, you know, became this monster, mm-hmm. but then also an entire sort of industry that's designed mm-hmm. to basically allow it to happen uh, and encourage it to happen in some ways. Yep. And I guess in some industries, even like promote it, mm-hmm. right? Like you you actively promote. Yeah. So, so I just thought it'd be interesting to hear you three, since I know what it's like as a man to live in a masculine or a world designed for men. <laughs> What's as and there's a, the episodes that I that um, in Kim's convenience I thought were interesting were when he gets a promotion. So now we have an assistant manager, and his friend comes up, and then they have basically like an like a good old boys, what would you call it? Uh, act. <laughs> what is it? The dong, the dong jin. Is that what it's called? Oh, dong jin. Dong jin. Yeah, they, where, oh, yeah. Right, right. <laughs> I was shocked. Basically, they that. come up and, <laughs> and they're like, yeah. You went deep green. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, there it is. But I mean, you can replicate a similar kind of thing in in any mm-hmm. sort of masculine culture anywhere, where mm-hmm. you're doing basically. I mean, it's essentially sexual assault, mm-hmm. right? And that's mm-hmm. what the, the story becomes of right. like, you can't do that to me as your friend. But the friend was like trying to leverage his friendship, you know, with the, you know, uh-huh. blah blah blah. So it was this odd like clash of masculine culture and and work culture mm-hmm. and what's appropriate there versus what's just appropriate at all. And so I thought it was interesting that it that the, the show raised it. That was uniquely, as Marcia said, a uh, this was a Korean thing, mm-hmm. but also that it's it's with men all over the place. Mm-hmm. And you know, growing up as a man, yeah, like I yeah. I experienced that sort of thing too, and I was never comfortable with it. So like I've all often mm-hmm. like been uncomfortable with having to navigate these like hyper masculine mm-hmm. worlds and roles mm-hmm. that you basically are you just have to deal with. Mm-hmm. Otherwise you're not quite a man, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you're not okay with those sort of practices, and that's whether you're in uh, sports, whether you're in church, I mean, wherever yeah. it is. So we can maybe talk about that a little bit, but I'd rather hear like, what does that mean to you as women? And is there is there something like I would not be able to see in how you've had to navigate that world made for a man that is, that I could, I just would never be able to know is an experience of yours. 
there are so many things you oh, 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 okay. <laughs> yeah. that's the whole thing, the whole thing is so you will just never be able to know mm-hmm. yeah like even it's part of our everyday mm-hmm. life mm-hmm. it's just embedded in the way we get out of our car yeah it's embedded in the way that we approach someone that we don't know mm-hmm. it's embedded in it's it's a, it's a, it's like almost unconscious. Uh-huh. Actually, it is unconscious. A lot of things that we do because we've learned to adapt from an early early age uh-huh. how to adjust to those things. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I don't know if you guys want to speak more to that, but that's it's such a normal thing for us. Yeah, it is. You I know. think fear is always mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Because I think men are shocked when you find out, like, just leaving the house in the morning. Mm-hmm. Like, where do I park? Mm-hmm. Where do I, like, you know, like, mm-hmm. where, how, what route do I take? Even just walking on campus. If I see someone that potentially could look harmful or dangerous from even a far away, mm-hmm. why I wear my sunglasses and my earbuds in all the time. Right. But I have it maybe on lower, like, just like little things that you can do to avoid mm-hmm. potential encounters that might be unsavory. <laughs> I rarely have yeah. both headphones in. Mm-hmm. I usually have that one in, yeah. one out, well, so I always know what's happening. Oh, I always know what's happening, but either I have it on really low or mm-hmm. I'm hyper vigilant. Mm-hmm. I'm always looking mm-hmm. around me and stuff. So, um, and why, you know, when people say, why don't you smile more? Like, because if I smile <laughs> that, uh, I don't know, it, it says it's like an invitation to like, uh-huh. I don't know. Conf- mm-hmm. It's just weird. It's both the like, I'm out in public, so I'm keeping my earphones on. Not because I don't want to talk to people, but because it, creates a shield and a barrier between unwanted mm-hmm. solicitations. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's that and being in a space where you're in leadership, where you're trying to advance who you are and always having to combat with what it means to those people that you are a woman. <laughs> to the people in leadership or? To, uh, to other people in leadership and things that they expect of you. Um, things you can and you cannot do, ways that you're supposed you're supposed to quote unquote say and not say certain things, mm-hmm. um, and what stereotypes going back to last week that you fall into by saying and or not or not or doing yeah. and or not those things. Mm-hmm. Like everything is attributed to to your your gender. Mm-hmm. Oh well, you just because you just have this. Do you? Why don't you smile? Do you have resting bitch face? Mm-hmm. Like do you? Um, like, all of these different things are like attributed to the fact that you did that because you're a woman. You do this way because you're a woman. Mm-hmm. You do this way because you're a woman. Like mm-hmm. again, it's a, your agency is always regulated to what people think about a certain aspect of your identity. Mm-hmm. And it starts really young, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking like in church when I'm when I was wearing dresses, mm-hmm. it was always about how you sit, right? Mm-hmm. So we. Could, Close your legs. You know, it's always like a, a reprimand of like, you don't sit like that. You sit, you sit with your legs closed. So there's suddenly this like embodiment of what's appropriate for mm-hmm. the way a girl sits. Like now, you know, like my nieces and stuff, they'll wear leggings underneath their dresses and stuff. And so it's a different, mm-hmm. it, there's not as much like attention in the same way. Mm-hmm. But growing up, like that was like one of my earlier memories of like the embodiment of like mm-hmm. knowing that I had to sit and act and, you know, hold myself a very certain way because I was a girl. And as you get older, it's like, why don't you put on some makeup? Mm, why don't right, you, right. like, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and I think I told you this, Cutter, a long time ago, like, that I actually dress really intentionally when I'm at school at Fuller. Or, like, like you have to dress professionally, but not too sexy or not too... There's, like, a fine line, like, of, like, how you present yourself. Um mm-hmm. And that's con- that's a constant in a woman. Just trying. I'm just trying to imagine psyche. 
you know, an HR rep or somebody coming to me mm-hmm. and being like, some people have trouble with your clothing. It's a little too provocative. Yeah. Like, like what would that, I'm just trying to imagine. But it happens. It, yeah. You know, like what, there is no, I don't think there's any possible world where I could, mm-hmm. now maybe if I came like without a shirt or something, that would just be like, cut, come on. <laughs> yeah. But that's such an interesting thing. Like I'm, there's no really form of dress mm-hmm. where I am like sexualized. You can wear way. t-shirt and shorts yeah. and not be reprimanded. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where if I did yeah. or yeah. if you did. It would look yeah. very different. Right. Yeah. So it's both. Mm-hmm. What's professionalism? Yeah. But then mm-hmm. also what's, you know, mm-hmm. like what you're saying, like there's appropriateness too. Mm-hmm. That right. isn't, I don't know, that's code for basically um, overt sexuality or something. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting because the fear there has nothing to do with the woman. It has to do with the men yeah. walking by the women. And then, right. So it's, yeah. it reorients again. It's the And then it, we the over-sexualize yeah. young girls. Like oh. when I worked at a preschool years ago, like like I'd watch what these girls were, they're wearing like mm-hmm. hip hugger. Like they're like mm-hmm. little kids, like five, four, you know, and I'm like, so we over-sexualize them at such a young age too. Like, so like you, they look like little Barbies, right? At mm-hmm. the same time. So it's this weird, so how do you like balance all that too? Yeah. We both over-sexualize them mm-hmm. and we attribute so much quote-unquote sexual value. I'm using a lot yeah. of quotes today. Mm-hmm. Um, I do quotes she, when I'm tired. She's using her fingers uh, to air quotes. Mm-hmm. For mm-hmm. those who are listening and cannot see. We appropriate sexual <laughs> value to certain type of clothing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's like, you know, a tight shirt on a woman has a certain, as a right. tight shirt on a guy can, yeah. Yeah. maybe, but Maybe and it's different not. for each woman depending on her build yeah, and exactly. like she, I mean like and, and so it's like we <laughs> yeah it's so it's, can mm. I take the clothing thing to another level and, and this is kind of one of my peeves but when you're speaking somewhere mm. so something as simple as a mic is yeah. always a contentious huh. thing for me yeah and so a lapel mic if I'm wearing like a softer blouse um, a lapel mic will not hold. It'll right. just keep mm-hmm. dro- dropping because it's too heavy. Mm-hmm. If I'm wearing <clears throat> um, a dress, then I can't use the the mics that you hook clip. onto your mm-hmm. you clip onto your pants. Um, and then if I use the headset mics, I've had that problem. Then you got the earring issue or your mm-hmm. hair issue, and it doesn't like my hair kept pushing it the headset mic because it mm-hmm. wrapped around the back of my head. And so I was like, these are things that men probably don't have to do when they speak. Mm-hmm. So something as simple as just mm-hmm. speaking, like, yeah. okay, one, great, I'm even there. That's not mm-hmm. always, like, welcomed mm-hmm. um, and hasn't been. Mm. But, like, the other is, like, just functionally, it's not even made for me. Like, right. it's it's functionally, it's made for someone else. I mean, yeah. the color of the mic, when I have those, like, Oh, nude ones. Yeah, yeah. That's I, it's always interesting, and I always huh. watch who has a mic that that is a nude color for me, yeah. with mm-hmm. a darker brown skin, um, which mm-hmm. is rare. But I'm, it's nice to see that it's happening more often. Mm-hmm. But just even the functionality of the mic as a woman mm-hmm. is very different. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, that's interesting. They mm-hmm. didn't care about us. This is why all dresses need pockets. Yeah, Basically, what have we learned? <laughs> Good. It's such yeah. a win when you find one. You're like, it's, it's, so like it's like a ever. bonus. It's like the da- added value. You <laughs> so, do I really need this dress? I don't know if I need. Oh pockets. my god! Oh. Yeah. It's kind of ugly, but it's got pockets. I know. <laughs> well, I'm trying to think through, um, like with the the show. So you have the boss. Um, what's Shannon. her name? Shannon. Shannon. Uh-huh. Shannon. Thank you. Who? I don't know. Bless what do you her think her. about her characterization? Because, like, <laughs> there's parts where she's very competent and, and good at her job. Mm. She's compassionate. I mean, she's like all the things you would want. And then there's times where she's sort of 
Now, at the end, I like that. I feel like there was an empowering shift in mm-hmm. her characters yeah. Yeah. where it's like, really all right, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm done. You know? Right, 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 right. Um, now, I'm sure they'll return to that in time. But, uh, oh, Chloe is wanting to be a part of the conversation. But the, the bigger question of is she, like, giving in to that, like, oh, I'm a swooning schoolgirl hmm. um, trying to get this guy, or is she actually a good, rich, thick characterization? I think she develops as the show progresses. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, in the beginning, she kind of drove me nuts, to be honest, because it was she was kind of like crazy about this, you know, Jung and like she'd do all these things, like which dress do you pick, like just yeah. like weird, very yeah. and kind of like she'd be kind of like tittering oh, around him, like yeah. always just kind of like unsure of herself. I thought it was interesting they threw in the diabetes thing too that she's diabetic in one shot, and then. But I yeah. think her like attraction to him. And her awkwardness about trying to get that across, but then there's still a power position, uh-huh. you know. So there, there's yeah, all yeah, those yeah. like yeah. dynamics that yeah. she was kind of wrestling through, mm-hmm. and I don't, I don't think that's, I think that's interesting, right? Because mm-hmm. when it's a male, and and if we play out sort of the Me Too things, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The advances are strong and like overt, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or can be, um, but for a female, like her role, and and you know, not to say that women haven't harassed men as well. Um, in their power positions, but like, it's interesting that she's still like, um, you know, can we be lunch buddies? Can we? Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's that kind of nuanced, yeah. small gestures uh-huh. that I think is really real. Mm-hmm. I, I think, you, you know, like it. She did kind of bug me, but at the same time, it's yeah. like you bug me because I know people like you. I've probably been you <laughs> in different manners, yeah, like at least internally, I've been you, and I don't she, want to admit it. She didn't bug me. Really? Yeah. I thought a lot of the, especially the beginning parts, were like comedic relief like Mm -hmm. here is this awkward person that's trying to find kind of like Mm. her own way and so that was played up a bit in the beginning Mm -hmm. I loved especially especially as as you know she in terms of like her character and kind of being nice but knowing that she's doing some things because she kind of likes him like Mm -hmm. all of those things are like consistent and you see the shift especially at the end like that was one of my favorite moments is when Mm -hmm. she was like okay like the last time he left her there for yeah. for yeah. obviously yeah. a good reason, she's like okay, yeah. like that was it was like the thing that she needed to be able to shift and to move on and to rightfully mm-hmm. place him, mm-hmm. like yeah as who he need as her coworker. Yeah. Now mm-hmm. does that mean that that won't progress into something else? I after mean, she's the end found of season it's two. Good looking enough. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you guys didn't watch season two yet. Okay, does that mean that no? But like when you, when you get to season one, you're yeah. like. Oh, and when that click happens, you go, you, you kind of remember that, like, she is a human person yeah. with feelings, right. even mm-hmm. though she's been caricatured a bit, yeah. and you go, oh, yeah, I guess I, I would be done with that, too, yeah. the back and forth. Yeah. Here's the, can I throw this in, like, as you were talking about that, Tim, I was thinking about this, the the centering piece of, or the decentering piece of, of Kim's convenience, right, is there, um, Asian males tend not to be sexualized right. or right. looked at as, mm-hmm. um, with as to be, yeah. right? As, 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 I don't know as, why. Cause... Right? I mean, I mean, yeah. yeah Chuck's changing, though. I think it's changing. But just now, yeah. just recently, yeah. right? Well, crazy uh, ex girlfriend, right? 
We had a crazy ex-girlfriend had a had a male um, Josh Chan, a Filipino who right. played a Filipino, which is like wow. That's amazing. And so, yeah. yeah, so but he yeah he had like that beefcake kind of like mm-hmm, CrossFit mm-hmm. body, mm-hmm. not that smart kind of. But, <laughs> but you know, it, yeah, Jong is like that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That, it's funny how it's they still stereotype the athletic people right, to not right, right, yeah. be able to be. Yeah. Yeah. They still, place you yeah. within yeah. a white dominant culture stereotype. Yeah, even yeah. though you're. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you know, I mean, I like that. Even in that, they they at least tried to promote like mm-hmm. no 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 the Asian male can be yeah. attractive mm-hmm. and is yeah. attractive and mm-hmm. the object of the affection from Shannon yeah yeah I mean it's he's he's definitely sexualized they you know, yeah. joke about it in a few places too doesn't he have his shirt off a few times oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> like they're playing basketball yeah. and yeah. I mean um, I think I told you his uh, the actor's IMDb page. I think that's his first photo. Is a shirtless photo. Oh really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, it makes sense. So I probably would you do got a lot. Of, it, I'd probably do a lot of shirtlessness myself if, if I was. Uh, if I was Just him. not on campus because obviously. Exactly. Yeah. They're like, ah, shirt. We're pro shirt here. Um, not tie. We're shirt If listeners glean no other wisdom from these conversations. I hope that, at the very least, they walk away knowing that this is a shirt-positive podcast. Still not entirely sure what it means, but all I know is that if being shirt-positive is wrong, I don't want to be right. Well, it's, uh, I mean, so the other side that I was thinking just about our our conversations and, uh, you know, all of these different sort of intersecting moments. So you have sort of the racial history of male sexuality Mm -hmm. for Asian men. Mm -hmm. You have the power dynamics involved of being a woman in a leadership position Mm -hmm. who is earnest, you know, but also she's sort of like a Michael Scott character where really she just just wants friends desperately, you know. Yeah, and then at the end, (laughs) you know, then we see some agency, right? Like all Mm -hmm. of a sudden that's where you go, oh, she's not just responding to his storyline, she's choosing some things. And so that adds some of the the texture to it. And so you have gender and race and power and economics and all those sort of things. Yeah. And so I was, I was trying to think through our our conversations, right? Our progressive TV dinner conversations. And the other kind of fun episode that we didn't really talk about, but I it sort of stuck with me was when Janet and her dad both identify as truth-telling prophets. Yes, I right? love that scene. That was one of my favorites. <laughs> so, Wait, um, remind me when that... The scene's what? like, yeah, because we just tell it like it is. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Going back because Niam's so, in town, yeah. and she's like trying not to hurt her feelings. I'm just yeah. being honest. We're just yeah. being yeah. honest. And, so, okay. and then he tells the story of David and Bathsheba and yeah. Nathan. So he's like, positions himself as, as the Nathan character. <laughs> and so the, and he's like, you you and me are just alike. And she's like, well, not not exactly like and we're truth telling prophets and she goes well but all the truth telling prophets in the bible didn't have any friends <laughs> and he's like, that's why we need to stick together what was interesting to me as i was thinking about like what have i you know this is our our final episode for this sort of series who knows if anyone actually will be listening all the way to episode five. So I don't know, but maybe. And But it doesn't really matter to me because of what it's done, you know, just for us and the conversation. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to say, well, how would I describe it? Like, what have you all done um, that's made this enriching or encouraging or expanding, I guess, for me? And there's something about truth-telling in there. So, like, when it gets to Me Too or these other mm-hmm. points where you go, there's this moment where we need that 
prophetic truth-telling, but we need someone to call truth to power, right? That's mm-hmm. an important part. I think what's interesting about their little conversation was it was about these relational dynamics. Mm-hmm. Um, and that same episode, that it's um, they talk about how hard it is to be the husband and wife because the AC repair guy comes and it mm-hmm. turns out his you know marriage mm-hmm. is, is collapsed. And, and so uh, they both go, this being married is the hardest thing I've ever done. And mm-hmm. he's like, that's what I said. And he's like, you don't know what it's like to be married to you. Like, you don't know what it's like to be married to you. you know? yeah. um, but the way I, so I was thinking of this notion of what have we been doing? And for me, someone who's in those positions of power, mm-hmm. needing truth to be spoken to, like what, what have you three done that's different? And, and I think what it is, is so it'd just be interesting to hear if this is right. As I've been thinking of this, mm-hmm. that you've treated me like a person rather than a system mm-hmm. in the way that you've been speaking truth. So as I look at their relationship and I talk about my wife a lot, so, you know, we have this biblical notion of speaking the truth in love right? Mm-hmm. And I often, people say that, I think really just to say, I really just want to tell you what I think. Um, <laughs> and I'm going to say it's the loving thing to do, but really I just need to tell you what I think. So how, so I often thought like, how do you actually tell someone the truth about who they are, about who you are, about kind of whether it's problems or affirmations and what does that look like? And with my wife, I've realized over time that it's, she says almost nothing. She speaks the truth to, in love to me by saying virtually nothing. Mm. It's just her presence that, that reveals to me my blindnesses and my shortcomings mm-hmm. so glaringly mm-hmm. that I have no other choice but to respond by changing or doing something different. And I, I think that's how I would describe what the three of you have done with me here. It would just be interesting to see is that where do you see the, the lines being drawn between that moment where you are the Nathan character calling mm-hmm. out power and when and where do you decide I'm going to speak truth differently in that sort of relational way? Mm. Or do you even think in those terms? Tamisha's, yeah. <laughs> Tamisha's hemming and hawing. Yeah, maybe there's a third or fourth category no, that you say isn't even right. I'm not hemming and hawing. I'm just thinking about Nathan well, I didn't know how to describe your the... expression. No, I, like, I didn't know how to describe the, <laughs> my facial expression. I never know how to describe mm. my facial expressions. Um, <laughs> but just in thinking about the way Nathan spoke to David Mm -hmm. about the action that David did and thinking about the way in which someone like a Jeremiah or an Isaiah is Mm -hmm. speaking to systems and to people and to aspects of certain systems on behalf of God is different. Mm -hmm. So I... But you are saying they're different or you're saying... I am. I'm saying that they're different. Mm -hmm. So I'm saying that there's a time and a space for... um, for this table, for this space to go, you know, mm-hmm. oh, let me tell you a story about what you did, you yeah. know, da, da, da. and you're like, what a well, cutter, you kind of, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. you're kind of the person, cutter, yeah. like, you know, you want to talk <laughs> about <the> that? <laughs> um, and I think that there's something about that individual relationship <laughs> um, and speaking truth in that way, in love, mm-hmm. that shifts people who do hold power to mm-hmm. change things. Mm-hmm. But then there's also a time for people to just go, no, this system is wrong. No, mm-hmm. no. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm speaking truth to the system because I love the people. Sure. Mm-hmm. But yeah. the truth in love is not love for the system. So there is that sense of like just. Yeah. It's hard to good. do I, hand expressions you, you, on the audible podcast. I with my hands. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think so. The the truth in love part, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I think I'm starting. There's. This is what I'm starting to realize. There's differences with how people move in social justice spaces, particularly mm-hmm. activists, right? Mm-hmm. I think there are 
I and I and I feel like when we get to more of the progressive end of the spectrum, <clears throat> it can be. I'm not saying always, but it can be so much speaking truth to power. Mm-hmm. There is no longer love because there's right. no longer trust, mm-hmm. and there's no longer desire for reconciliation even or even hope it's just i'm just so mad and hurt that you Mm -hmm. are who you are that i'm going to keep speaking out what it is Mm -hmm. and so and i think i have to identify that for myself because Mm -hmm. even as i try to speak truth to power in in different levels and places um i want to do it out of love Mm -hmm. and i think i genuinely do like the most frustrating people to me i actually care about because i want to see Mm -hmm. them change mm-hmm. but it's because i haven't given up hope yet mm. um there's a couple people that i have um and it's you know it's the way that they've responded back to yeah. me when i've spoken to them yeah. so at that point then i can't waste my energy continuing to yeah. like try and sound the gong for them because you're just not going to listen yeah. to me because i ju- you just don't see me and i'm right in front of you but other people where i think there might still be a a way to continue the relationship, mm-hmm. then I'm going to speak into that because I actually do love you right. enough to be frustrated with you enough to want to see things change. But I've, I've also just seen, you know, seen it go so far down where it's like, mm. there is no love anymore. Mm-hmm. So it's just speaking to just like for your own personal mm. need to heal or, mm-hmm. or cathartic, like getting out. I don't know. Yeah. It also strikes me as you're saying that, well, one, I, I, I guess I had been thinking, and I think you're right, though, Tanisha, I, that I'd been thinking of the Nathan, you know, since they bring it up in the show, that that was more the systemic approach than Nathan. But you're right, that it, that was a very relational thing. He had right. a pretty close relationship with David. That is different than mm-hmm. Jeremiah. <clears throat> Although he's still speaking to, I mean, it was yes, an abuse of power. Speak, like, yes. he's a powerful man, and he yes. could have lost his head, right? I mean, mm-hmm. that's, right. Um, but, and it was and it was narrated. I mean, that's interesting, mm-hmm. too. He tells a story. He get you know, like... It wasn't, it was even indirect in that sense until the final moment. You are the mat, you know. But so, um, but so there's that. But I think you're, you're right on that. But the, the systemic side, too, is even relational as well. So, what you're saying is it lacks love, I think, because at least the biblical prophets, they didn't go anywhere. Like, these were their people. It right. wasn't like they were just some person that's like throwing grenades at the, at the system and walking away. It's like, no, they had to then go home and eat dinner <laughs> with mm-hmm. all of them. Or, mm-hmm. or they were literally in the middle of the town, mm-hmm. committed doggedly, fiercely to that because they loved it. And they mm-hmm. loved the people in it, which does seem to be right now some of the difference. There's not a, there is no relational component that says mm-hmm. whatever system I'm critiquing, I'm not necessarily tied to it in that same mm-hmm. sort of way. Mm-hmm. Mark, do you, do you have a Yeah, I'm, I'm just even thinking how we all ended up in this yeah. space together. I mean, I mean, you and I talked about, yeah. and I said, well, and I think because it's your posture too, right? So mm-hmm. we watch you, right. like we're paying attention to how you're inviting us into this space. I think there is something about, because we all are in relationship with one another, you know, like I think, mm-hmm. and we observe you, like mm-hmm. I'm kind of like, we want right, to watch right, you right, and, and right. pay attention. Like, how yeah. is he responding to this? And how is he, and like, what is your posture, like engaging right. us? Right. And that actually speaks volumes. Yeah. Right. And so like, oh, okay, so we'll do this with him. Yeah. Right. And I think that's been, I mean, that's why 
That's why I'm, I'm going to always tell you, like, if you, because you will straight up ask me, did I do something? Like, I've seen you do yeah. that with me too. Like, hey, was that a misstep? And like, and you're, you're not asking. It's like, uh, it's like uh, Mr. Kim, right? He's like, no. no, why are you like that? Like, you're genuinely wanting to know not to like get something, but you actually are genuinely like, I don't like help me understand this thing. Yeah. And then I'll take that. Like, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll respect yeah. that. And like, I'll engage you when you're sincerely yeah. looking for to do the right thing, right? right? And so I think that's right. part of it. Like your question to us was, well, what did, what was it? Like, what did we do differently to make this space? Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's actually, the, the real thing is, we are, like, Tamisha Marsh and I are always like this, like yeah. 100%. Mm-hmm. But you entering and posturing that way mm-hmm. right. allowed you insight into mm-hmm. the way that we would normally talk. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's not that mm-hmm. we did anything different. You just did something different enough for us to go, okay, we can let you in on a conversation. Right. Well, we're going to have these conversations usually without white men in the room. <laughs> no, it's true. But it's no, true. I, no, yeah. I get it. I mean. and, and, and it's about doing the work. Yeah. Right. And I think that, that yeah. it's about like not just mm-hmm. being curious, but it's also doing the work. Because the curiosity, because I've seen people who genuinely want to know, but then they want you to tell them everything. Yeah, and I'm right, like, I'm not doing that for you. Nope. Right. So it's it's the curiosity that leads you to one step, that leads mm-hmm. you to another step, and yep. then you get kind of stuck, and you're like, oh, uh, can somebody help me with this third step <laughs> so that I can keep going? Yeah. Um, and I think that is a part of your posture as well. Yeah. Like, there's work that you are doing and that you mm-hmm. will do yeah. in order to get to that place. Mm-hmm. Um, so that it couples with the, uh, what do you mean? About the why you wouldn't want to help someone everybody has the same google yeah one (laughs) um i think that there are there's more than enough resources for people to do stuff and i think that being curious about something and wanting to like actually change the way you think about something or address that thing if it is valuable to you you will at least take the step to do it yeah right you know if people really want to know about some crazy whatever they'll at least take a step to kind of figure it out Um, and then we'll have something it's like when a kid or a student or something comes up to you and they're like can you can you help me da, 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 da. And you're like well did you do this no did you do that no did you do that no well then <laughs> yeah. what do you yeah. want me to do you mm-hmm. have to do those things mm-hmm. you know you're supposed to do those things mm-hmm. but if a person comes and says I've done these things will you help it's different yeah. I'll, I'll give an example a friend of mine who wanted to know more about um Black culture, mass incarceration, homelessness, all this kind of thing. She asked me to watch 13th with her. Mm-hmm. Now, I normally don't watch. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. No. Yeah. Um, but because I knew that she was curious and she was doing some of the work, I was like, okay, I'll watch it with you. And I literally, I just sat in the room. Mm-hmm. Like, it was my household. Obviously, I was sitting in my room. <laughs> um, but she was there. She had, like, her phone out with Google open. She had a pen and a pad. Wow. She would oh, she ask really me to pause. <laughs> she would, like, ask quite, Like, she was really engaged. Yeah. Like, she was doing the work, and she just didn't want to do the work alone. Mm-hmm. And that, yeah. Yeah. I'll mm-hmm. walk with you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But for other people that's, like, so can you tell me about what it's about? And like, so what is this? And tell me your story. And what do you think mm-hmm. about this? And da 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 da. It's almost as if them asking and you doing the work for them yep. pacifies whatever curiosity, so that they don't have to do anything else with that. Yep. Right. And they can go and tell their friends that they got that one black friend who's yep. woke. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So then you get used, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I know. I know yeah. someone. She told me this. Yeah. Yes. So then it's a, just a different posture of yep. are people really going to work with you? Mm-hmm. Because when I'm 
in a place where I'm like, I got to deal with all this kind of stuff and I got to navigate these systems and these powers and this stuff. I want the white people who have been doing the work with me, mm-hmm. not the white people that's like, oh, I'm just, you're, st- you're so brave. Yep. You're just so brave to be doing all of this and that one thing you took. You are of no help to me. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. 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 You can only invest, you only have so many hours a day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, some of it's strategies. I, mm-hmm. It reminds me a little bit of I had, I talked to on camera a prominent uh, celebrity about religion, right? I'm being very generic here on purpose. Yeah. Um, I know, but I'm running through all the celebrities. So, I know who it is. Um, <laughs> and so, because it's about religion and I other stuff. I am supposed to know who this is, but I can't um, remember. Well, it, it, it actually doesn't matter, because then my mom was like, oh, you know, uh, it was a male, so she would say, mm. is, it, you know, is he interested in Christianity? And I was like, there's different kinds of interested, Mom. I'm like, there's the, I'm interested in buying a car. So you go to the car lot and you talk to the mm-hmm. dealer and you do mm-hmm. your research and you say like, what is it, gas mileage, no gas if you're an EV driver. <laughs> um, or, you know, whatever, the, you know, the, the resale value, blah, blah, blah. You do all that stuff. Yeah, I'm interested in like purchasing a car. That's the kind of interest. I'm like, there's also the interested where you go to the zoo and you see the howler monkeys huh. and you're like, that's interesting, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And then you go next and you're like, look at those bizarre snakes. That's interesting too. Yeah. And I go, I'm pretty sure he was interested in Christianity like a person that goes to the zoo. Like, look at these bizarre like, people. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of a world? And you're, you know, on the other side of the cage and like, how interesting, right? Yeah. Um, a similar kind of thing of like, wow, that's that's a compelling story. Yeah. But like, are you actually interested yeah. um, it's to attend to it? Yeah, that's you're invested in it. Yeah. Um, and and I don't know if you can like smell it from from yeah. a ways away or 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 maybe everyone goes through phases like i mean that could be it too where you tend to be interested superficially or not and but it does go to show too i think that you know to give you all credit i, I think you also put up with me in good ways i mean maybe well, and you took my advice like i said let's do food and you're like okay oh, yeah, you yeah, ran I, with it i was yeah. like oh i didn't think he was actually gonna no, do no, that I, you, know? you know i love good ideas I'm, i rarely come up with one on my own so i think that you know for me i'm a just naturally more collaborative person just mm-hmm. in general right so that that helps others aren't so much i think that's harder right but, letting us host yeah, a different too. meal. Yeah. It, it it the structure of it allowed us to be mm. who we are. So, as I see it, it's a great structural comment because, as you know, we've talked a lot about a lot of stuff that I don't think a lot who of people knew? really we just sit down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it just these aren't. It's not like they're easy. I mean, no, like any no. of the. I mean, in each one of our episodes, we've talked about a range of like pretty mm-hmm. like polarizing things. And again, conversation with my mom, um, where I can't remember, we're talking about some other institution where some major board members left over something that the the institution had, you know, was abandoning its Christian principles. And so Mm -hmm. they had to, you know, and I was texting her and I go, you know, I, my sense is this is, this is where American Christianity is headed, that we're going to be, forget about the, like, how do people of faith engage people who are not Christians, right. we can't talk to ourselves. Yeah. And 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 not too long from now, it will be, I don't know if it's two camps or seven camps or 27 yeah. camps of, of ideologically opposed uh, people that literally cannot sit in a room and talk to each other. Mm-hmm. And so I go back and forth and I go, some of it has to be structural, like mm-hmm. we have to address structural issues. But then the other part of it has to be stuff like this, where we go, yeah. we really are actually as humans sitting around I can't right now change all of the toxic masculine structures Mm -hmm. but we can 
maybe take some steps and and I don't know so similar to like all of our friends and stuff who know about our this recording they seem to be very hungry for the <laughs> pun intended uh, <laughs> hungry for that kind of conversation but we're still I don't know it's some sort of an impasse as to we didn't do anything special other than mm-hmm. think about food and arrange a time mm-hmm. so as you're thinking about okay if others are going to do this Mm-hmm. It's not as simple as just oh you got a TV show or you got some food. Right. You have to be intentional about it yep. in some way. Mm-hmm. So what would what would those? I don't know if we have some like best practices or here's some things to keep in mind if you're yeah. going to say, here's how you can now go do that. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, I feel like too. I've seen people try to duplicate things or copy things, and it doesn't yeah. work when yeah. you try to do it. And, and when you try to, oh that works for them. So if I do if I do A B and C, and it's like. Part of it, like, I didn't know what I was getting into. Like, mm-hmm. I know, I don't think any of us do. Like, what is <laughs> yeah. this? Like, I don't know what this is. I think, again, like, we were all, like, we all knew each other prior to the, it wasn't this, like, fabricated relational. I think they were all kind of there. I mean, I might have known certain people better than others, but then, like, I think there was something organic about that. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I think your intentionality of having women of color, that's on your, I mean, like, I think there was a, there was something strategic about that, how, how you were trying to... Yeah. That's not a bad thing. No, you know? no, no. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think food is a good... For me, especially if you're going to talk about ethnicity, culture, race, all that stuff, mm-hmm. well, let's make it positive because a lot of times it's always a downer, right? Like We're always like, oh, yeah. we got to like hash it out and argue. And I'm like, it doesn't always have to start like that. It will get hard. Mm-hmm. And especially if you're in relationship with one another, it's going to get messy. Mm-hmm. It's going to be, you know, we're going to have conflict. But hopefully if... If the bonds are strong enough, like we can work through that, and actually it'll make you stronger in the end. But I don't know; those are just some thoughts off oh, the top. I think you're right that a lot of them are artificial. A yeah. lot of conversations like that. If people are trying to do sincerely good work, but the people that you actually organize and get together might not otherwise be yeah. committed or interested in the buying a car sort of way. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, hmm. yeah. I I can't under well, I I. I think it's really, really intriguing and important to me in this podcast that, yes, Cutter, this you, you were leading this, but you really laid down a lot of your own um, power and privilege in this and said, okay, we're going to do this. We're let's let's host together. Let's eat different people's foods. Like you share your food, your life, your table, and I and I didn't really ever feel like. Even though I know it's sort of your podcast, it didn't. It felt like my podcast too. Like you mm-hmm. kind of let me have podcast. a part of it. It's yeah. our podcast, and I, and I think there's a very big difference because yeah. there's definitely other conversations and structures where the white male and maybe sometimes it's more white and maybe it's sometimes more male, but that person doesn't want to let go of those mm-hmm. parts of them, and so there's always control that has to happen. It's like, well, I want mm. this, and I want, and there's a bit of control that continues to happen. So I'm in invited to share and I've said no to certain things where I feel like no you just want a representation of me you don't Mm. actually want me Mm -hmm. because you haven't let go of anything for me or to give to me Um, and so I judge that and I see that right I'm very aware of that right now because it costs me something every time Mm. I speak Mm. it costs me something every time I share and if you want me for my Womanness and my Filipinaness, or something like that. Then I need to know: is that cost going to be held valuable, or is it just to make the other person look good? Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm in a place in my life where I don't really need to make anyone else look good. 
Mm. Or even myself. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, but I, I want to see already. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think I, I think that's just where it's no. at. Where it's like, no, is it? Or, or maybe yeah. your, maybe your value, like you, esteem your value is not rooted in what they do or don't think yes. of you. In that sense, not that you don't want to look good or you know present yeah. yourself well. Um, is that what you're trying to say? In that sense, um, I. I think I I don't feel like I need to be needed or known hmm. to the expense of someone inviting me to the table so that they look good. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. that's where I'm yeah. like. Mm, yeah, I, your I value's not at the service of. No, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. But if because this I entered in knowing, oh wow, it's over food, it's over like the topic, everything was so decentered that I was like, oh, this is something that I enjoy and I want to be part of and mm-hmm. I feel some ownership of. Mm-hmm. I feel mm-hmm. valued and seen mm-hmm. as an equal part of this group. Mm-hmm. So that's just all wins to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. But Tamisha's done a bunch of podcasts. So <laughs> Seriously. I, I want to know what she has to say. I think, um, one, I honestly didn't know what the hell I was getting into. So, <laughs> um, But I think it was just, oh, hang out with friends and talk about a TV show that mm-hmm. I binged right before we started mm-hmm. and eat food. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, Those are all the things. I didn't know whose podcast it was, where the podcast going to land. I mean, I still kind of really don't know that. Um, I know that the recording will be up somewhere, and then somebody yeah. will send me a link and say to share it. But I think that kind of let go of the yeah. who and what are we necessarily doing this for. So mm-hmm. we could just be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think that that is really good. I think it's um, one of the things I was thinking about was this notion of like the giving up of quote unquote um, safe space, especially for people with privilege in the room. Um, I think oftentimes when people hear safe and they're in a room and then they hear somebody else say something that makes them uncomfortable, they're like, I'm not safe. And they completely Mm -hmm. retreat Mm -hmm. and they Uh, shut down. Right. And it's like, Mm. well, that doesn't help. Um, (laughs) What does it mean to offer a sense of gracious or generous mm-hmm. space where mm-hmm. you're saying mm-hmm. I'm willing to put myself in an unsafe space yeah. so that the mm-hmm. person across from me can feel safe mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. to be able to share because there's going to be some aspects of our safety in our conversation mm-hmm. that's going to rub up against yeah. your comfortability mm-hmm. and it has happened mm-hmm. and you say well I, I'm, um, so what do you think about this? Like, kind of, um, so, so I mean, that's good. Um, so, uh, what do you think about uh, maybe um, the blah 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 blah? That's the cutter version. That's the cutter version. Maybe you know, because I was thinking, you know, uh, but and I think, and then there are parts that we just kind of called you out on it. But because you gave up your requirement to be safe, you were able uh, to yeah, enter yeah. into that unsafe and uncomfortable yeah. space yeah. so that we can have our space and speak our yeah. truth. Yeah. And I think that mm-hmm. especially for people who may be wanting to do something like this or yes. start something like mm-hmm. this, one, like, no people, no people that are, that are mm-hmm. different from you. Right. All, the only people you know that you can start a podcast with looks like you, has the <laughs> economic value, yep. the same thought value, yep. the same religion as you. I, I don't Gender. know, especially if you are of the dominant culture, white, mm-hmm. male, rich, able-bodied, mm-hmm. heterosexual, mm-hmm. all of these things, like, think about if mm-hmm. that's what you need to do, one. But if you're really trying to create space where you can engage life across difference, I think it's really about um, 
going into that territory where you may get real uncomfortable and at times um, you may not feel as quote unquote, I love these air quotes today, man, <laughs> uh, safe, mm-hmm. especially for the people of the dominant culture. Yeah. Um, Very true. I think that part is going to be a world of difference and do it differently. Start with the food. Mm-hmm. Don't have an agenda. Mm-hmm. Don't have a time limit. Like, like all of these things where you can just learn to just be in spaces that are not yours and are not sanctioned by you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's really important. Yeah. yeah. I, back, I don't know if we talked in the very first episode about hosting, so that yeah. you know, we each were hosting, mm-hmm. and then did I talk about the etymology of host, the word? I don't there, know. About the Latin hostess, it's where we get the word um, hospitality, mm-hmm. to host, mm-hmm. you know, um, the host, right? Or like a hostel, if you go stay, mm-hmm. hospital, like all of those mm-hmm. um, are very like... We're the host, create, like Eucharist host? Yeah. Okay. Um, so like where, where you're creating a space for the flourishing of people, like that's mm-hmm. what you're doing. Mm-hmm. However, it's also where we get the word hostage mm-hmm. and hostile. Yeah. Um, and one of my current favorite theologians, John Caputo, uh, is where I, I learned all this and I was like, whoa, this is fascinating, of... So hospitality can't be, uh, or at least a Christian vision of hospitality, can't be simply um, creating a space where people who already affirm and value you and, you know, are like you are welcomed in, right? Mm-hmm. Like your friends, basically. Right. Um, it has to be, Christian hospitality has to be opening your most intimate spaces to someone who might very well be hostile to you mm-hmm. and, and letting that happen. Yeah. So I've thought a lot about that. But then as you're saying here... I also think it depends on who you are, like who right. the host is, right? Yeah. So I see, um, for example, in in our Fuller classes and elsewhere, um, students from the dominant culture invoke safe space because they're being threatened by something that's uncomfortable mm-hmm. and saying, this isn't a safe space for me anymore, when really what it is is simply presenting them with uh, information <laughs> that makes them realize uh, some problem, which to me is also different than um, the need for safe spaces for those who aren't, who, yes. who literally have skin in the game, mm-hmm. where it's yes. like, no, we actually need to be protected yep. here. Yes. Um, yep. Because your uncomfortability is one thing, and that mm-hmm. may create anxiety or tension, but you don't die for yep. that. Right? Right. right. And so that's yeah. um, that's the other side of, of saying, how do I, and I think that's where we did start, how do I learn how to be in other people's space um, mm-hmm. as the hostile one, right? I think mm-hmm. Tamisha and I were reading group this summer, and and I still, I'm like, oh, I don't know if I want to accept that, but I think it's true that there's an element of who I am and what I embody that is, was it, were we talking about the horror or something? Like you're the, the Ontolog- monster or the horror. Terror. Um, you're the terror, right? You're like, the terror. Like yeah. I am the terror. And there's a, mm-hmm. like, no matter how much Tamisha knows me as an individual, there's something that I will never be able to eliminate from mm, yes. that that simply is an is. And I mm-hmm. have to find a way to live with that. that right. I am a terror in other people's spaces yeah. in that mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. So I, it, both of those and, and, and finding ways for people like me to not, you know, I think we asked that at the first uh, episode too, like what's at risk if you invite a person like me in? And mm-hmm. it's, you're inviting the terror <laughs> in, right? Yeah. You're uh, problematizing the safe space that's to protect you. Mm-hmm. And so it's a lot of risk, like you're saying, mm-hmm. even um, accepting an invitation to speak or yeah. whatever mm-hmm. is, I've got a lot on the line here. And I think that's, for me, what has also been very generative of this space is you guys have let me in and then let me be flawed, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And that's because how else? I mean, that's just me. But um, it's been very, uh, uh, Mm -hmm. I don't know, surprising in that for me. Mm -hmm. I I had thoughts of what might emerge, but Mm -hmm. it was even better than I imagined. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
Thanks again for joining our Progressive TV Dinner. For those interested in more conversations on all things theology and culture, find past episodes of the Cutter Calloway podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, or CutterCalloway.com. As always, thanks to Day Salah Thompson for the sweet tunes. And a special word of thanks to our generous sponsors, the Brim Center and the Asian American Center at Fuller Theological Seminary.